0: Stuff podcasts. A warning this podcast contains references to subjects and discussions that could be hard for some people to hear. So please take care when you're listening.
1: Yeah, I guess Hamish is someone I never would have ever dated had I met him in real life. So it was just kind of an interesting way of meeting. Um, I found myself in a situation and you know you make decisions with what you have available at the time and, and I was trying to give things a go. Queenie, queenie, don't drop
2: the ball. Queenie, queenie, don't drop the ball. Queenie, queenie, don't drop the ball down, come baby cradling
3: on. Queenie, know my heart and my welcome to tell me about queenie, it, the podcast queenie, where all of the best moments are unscripted. Queenie, queenie, I'm
2: Michelle Duff. I'm Kirsty Johnston. I'm Noelle McCarthy. And this week, to my great amusement, we are talking about the bachelorette, or in fact, reality television and feminism, if you want to six it up a bit.
0: I am so freaking amped to be finally able to bring my years of maths experience to the table. Finally, it's useful.
2: (laughs) I have no maths expertise, so I'm a bit nervous about this. Have you got maths expertise, Michelle? No, I don't. Not at
3: all. I'm, yeah, I'm not really a reality TV watcher. I don't mean to, like, you know, say that you shouldn't be, but personally for me, no, not, not really a thing.
0: Look, I'm just, I think what I'm most excited about is to argue with you guys about this rather than my husband. Because, like, <laughs> our worst arguments are literally over which characters on Married at First Sight are actually bad. And both of us are constantly having to, like, take back our words because they all inevitably turn out to be awful. But don't you think it's also fake?
3: Aren't they just sort of twisted into looking one way or another or acting in a certain way so that we all can just sort of laugh at them? It just seems to me like oh, has always seemed
2: to be quite an exploitative kind of medium. Amen, Michelle. I so agree. This is why I have never been able to get into it. It just feels really dodgy to me, scripted reality TV, because I think... You know, you're sitting there watching it and you're thinking you, the producers, are crafting a really intentional narrative around this. And then just like presenting it as though, oh, this is just what happened when really you've, you've put it together like that. But I have to say, um, before Kirsty says it for me, I am totally open to the charge that the reason I don't like scripted reality TV is because I am a wanker, in fact. <laughs> and this is just cultural well, I was snobbery. Gonna you were going to say it, weren't you? Yeah, that's the
3: first thing that sprang into my mind. <laughs>
2: and I won't watch anything that hasn't been written by like six playwrights
0: <laughs> it's actually brilliant tv Noel. like you just need to get off your high horse I mean like look to be fair it is also horrendous and for sure the producers are just out there like ramping up the drama every second of the day but I think the thing with particularly like Married at First Sight which I've been watching lately is that it kind of becomes like transcendent of the genre like Last season, there was a relationship that raised heaps of conversations about coercive control, and then this season, the main issue has been about, uh, like, slut-shaming, and in Australia, it's kind of led to these nationwide conversations about porn, and, like, why men are okay to consume porn on the one hand, but, like, point the finger at women who create it on the other hand. It's great. It's actually great.
3: You're almost selling me. I hadn't really thought about that either, eh? I guess what it does do that's important, then, is to kind of spark conversations And a lot of those are really relevant to feminist interests and things we should be talking
0: about. Kirsty, do you think that your husband is learning from watching it with you? He was the one who actually got me into watching it, and to be honest, I think he enjoys it less now because I'm constantly like, oh, look, here is a teachable feminist moment. Um, for example, last season on maps there was a couple who were really divisive, this kind of hipster guy who I was convinced was just a total gaslighter. And my husband was like, no, you're just being too harsh on him and always taking the woman's side. We had constant arguments about that the whole way through and, um... Yeah, I mean, I guess, look, I think we both learned something from that. But, of course, I was right in the end.
2: (laughs) I love thinking of your husband having a teachable moment. I hope that was so much fun for him. But, look, I've never watched that. I've never watched maths and I've never watched The Bachelor. And mostly, not just because of my cultural snobbery notwithstanding, I hate this idea of people, especially of, of women, competing for a boyfriend? Like, haven't we come further in civilization than thinking the relationship is the prize? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Not just that, the relationship being the one thing that you should aim for above all else, but it's kind of this idea of pitting women against each other, eh? You know, the focus on kind of cattiness and vying... To, you know, not not being able to work together, just
2: that kind of thing. It's just a bit icky for me. It's
0: like scarcity narrative alert. Like yes, again.
2: I think you need like a klaxon. Do you remember in um and just like that in her very right on podcast, she always sounded a like woke klaxon. I I reckon we need a scarcity narrative klaxon <laughs> every time we have to say that.
0: I'll bring one next week. <laughs> I think my other problem is the way they frame they frame these reality shows, like. It's always as if you're like somehow a lesser person if you're single, you know, as if romantic love. And a particular kind of romantic love is like the greatest thing you can aspire to. And if you don't have it, you know, you may as well just cry in a corner. They literally have that. They have people crying with like <laughs> sad music playing under them when they talk about being single. Because <laughs> they're single is so bad. It's very Disney
2: princess, isn't it? Like I rewatched The Little Mermaid recently and it's a Freaking hair-raising experience, like this, you know, this mermaid who gives up her voice, like her actual voice for a man. It's pretty on the nose. I mean, would you not do that, Noel? You know,
3: it seems <laughs> no, to be a small sacrifice to make for love. I couldn't do the podcast with you guys. I guess it is kind of your livelihood. Yeah, you know, these are stories we've been told our whole lives, even ever since we've been really young, you know, that you should, that there's no, like, Bar that you shouldn't leap over or mountain you shouldn't cross for relationships, including sort of throwing your own friends
0: under the bus, you know, your female friendships. I think, though, The Bachelor kind of tries to flip some of that script, right? Because instead of women fighting, it's men vying for a woman's attention. I mean, look, okay, Noelle, I just realized you don't actually (laughs) know how it works because you're a snob, as discussed. But what happens is there's a group of men competing for the attentions of the Bachelorette and each week they do little challenges and they go on dates and they try and impress her. And then each week, one of them goes home until the Bachelorette chooses like the one. I mean, or not, because um, the previous season... To last year, the bachelorette actually chose none of them and just like walked off. Like, see? oh wow, I'm there for that. That is um, a boss
2: move. I, yeah. I haven't watched much of the bachelorette besides as prep for this episode, but what I do notice is the dynamic because it's the men competing, right? It feels very different to the vibe, you know, the, those more traditional competing for romance vibes reality yes. tv that's fair isn't it christy
0: yeah i think noelle the main difference with the bachelorette is that the men literally cannot cope with the idea that they're not the the number one choice they're constantly kind of sidling up to her and asking like uh, am i in your like top two or your top three and if they're not <laughs> if they feel like they're not like winning they literally just like they just leave
1: this is what like self-esteem
0: looks like. They're like make- They ego. just throw their toys. <laughs> yeah, they they actually throw their toys. Whereas in The Bachelor, when it's the woman, they never do that. It's just the women just wait like politely until they're voted off. I mean it is it is quite incredible to watch the difference between them. So I'm really excited to talk to our guest about that today. We
3: haven't talked about this on our social media because we wanted it to be a surprise, but we're gonna to talk to Lexi Brown, who was the Bachelorette in 2021. Lexi is a really cool person, her background's in marketing, she's done heaps of travel, I actually met her living in Japan a few years back, but that's another story, and now she's living in the mountains. It's another podcast, yeah. 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 Uh, So we're going to talk to her about her experience being the star of the show and being the prize at the end, and what happened after with the winner of the show.
0: I am also extremely excited, although like not as excited as my husband, who I had to ban from attending this recording today. Although, you know, he's given me a long list of questions for Lexi. Oh, man, I can't wait to get through these. Um, should we just bring Lexi in? I mean,
2: I think Lexi's been in such a fascinating position. And uh, much as I would like to, you know, continue this discourse on reality television, I just want to hear from somebody who's actually been in it and been involved in it. Um, and I think Lexi's here now. Welcome to you, Lexi.
3: Hello, how are you guys? Kia ora Alexi, thanks for coming on today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me, very happy to be here.
3: First question, how come you decided you wanted to be on The Bachelorette and did you have any sort of preconceptions about what that would be like?
1: (laughs) Uh, How did it come about? I had just come home from overseas um, and I was newly single out of a three-year relationship and you know just quite footloose and fancy, free really, I didn't expect to be back in New Zealand and social media was showing me paid ads about applying and I saw it and I was like, I don't know, didn't really think about it. And then I kept seeing it. So I clicked in to see what you had to do to even apply. You had to answer some questions, submit some photos, submit a one minute video. And I exited it again. I didn't think much. And then I saw it again and I was at my mum's house (laughs) doing nothing. And I just thought, oh, well, like why not? Um, And I did not take it very seriously at all. Um, It's a show about love and I definitely just wrote some really ridiculous answers to the questions like, what did they say something about, what are you looking for or what do you think about love or why would you do this? And I was like, look, <laughs> your girl's 30. I'd rather a sperm donor that I know and love than one I have to pay for. Um, so I kind of <laughs> just approached it with my personality, really, um, and just submitted some funny photos. And a one. I just banged together this one-minute video with my mom's dog. And then, yeah, started maybe a two-month process. Um, I got an email. We had a video call. They asked me a bunch of questions. Then I was shortlisted then I was a finalist there were three of us girls and they flew us to Auckland I didn't meet any of the other girls um and I met with a bunches um with a bunch of executives and we had an interview and it was really fun and I I know it sounds weird and this is a bit woo woo but I just knew that I had it I just knew I just could tell and um they called me the next day and offered me the contract so yeah
0: it was the universe is what you're telling us, I
1: think. <laughs> yes, it was the universe. I just remember driving down the road as well before my interview, talking to my best friend in Perth on the phone, and I said that to her. I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but I just feel like I've got it. I just feel like this will happen, and it did.
0: I really want to know about, like, the experience of kind of being packaged up for reality TV. Like, when I was watching it, I noticed they love to hit, like, three, two or three points about you. They're like, she's outdoorsy. Like, you know, they had the same kind of things every time. Did you feel like it was accurate and, like, did you feel stereotyped or, like, was it
1: empowering? I feel like sometimes there was a little bit of squeezing me into boxes. Uh, For example, like, the outdoorsy thing. Like, I am very outdoorsy and I do do a lot of things outdoors and I do fish and I do snowboard and, you know, I live at the beach. Um, But at times I felt the label's, were a bit exhausting, um, and they really went hard on the hunting stuff. Like, yes, I do go hunting sometimes with my dad and my brothers, um, but I'm not out there shooting things every day. <laughs> like, so I. Th- <laughs> they do play on they love that though oh yeah and I mean do you know what the outdoorsy stuff is very cinematic so like the the intro shot of me in the bush wearing like bush gear, it was beautiful and the sun was coming through <laughs> and, like um it's
2: that's so interesting isn't it like they could get good pictures of that yes. so that's a thing they focused on yeah is that, is that what it was like
1: what even is outdoorsy? I know. Do you know what I mean? Like I know. Do people not like being outdoors? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Some people. Some people like the couch more. Um, yeah. It was. It was interesting. But in general, no. I do think. I do think I was portrayed reasonably accurately. Like I was actually really proud watching it back, seeing myself played back to me, and I felt like, for the most part, it was quite accurate and that my personality and who I am really shone through. So that was, that was really nice to see. I think some of the guys feel like they were maybe portrayed in a certain light or produced differently to how they are. Okay, this is what I want to know about, Lexi. I'm really glad that you felt like affirmed by
2: it, you know, that you felt like you were portrayed accurately. But what about the guys? Like, were they produced? Or is that is what we saw, in your opinion, a fairly accurate reflection of the personalities you were interacting with?
1: I feel like, for the most part, reasonably accurate from what I experienced on the show. Because what I experienced on the show is completely different to what I got to experience after the show. Because on the show, it's very controlled, very minor, minor interactions. So I guess it's accurate for what's happening, but it's not necessarily accurate in portraying the boys for who they are. Because the format just doesn't really allow to get to know people that well there was only one of me so there was lots of airtime for me and possibly I they had a chance to get me across the most but for the men I think it's snippets really isn't it and it's highlights and they get massively packaged up because there's not a lot of development in their storylines particularly if they're not there for long and I think there's other people that feel like they were hard done by for different reasons and I would agree with some and disagree with others (laughs) What a diplomat.
3: Look, enough about enough about their feelings, Lexi. Um, yeah. When did you actually watch the show yourself? And what did you think once you saw it? Like, what was it like seeing those interactions and sort of seeing, I guess, how the boys, or men, however we're describing them, uh were when they weren't with you you know was the was the way that they were on the show different to the, what you thought of them and, and that kind of thing
1: so I had zero previews media got to watch them before I did I had to watch them on tv with everyone else so I never knew what was going to happen outside of kind of my own memories but I didn't know how things might be produced um and something that I yeah didn't know was the boys' opinions and what the boys had to say. And for the most part, I wasn't too worried. There was just one day, the day that I had a meltdown at the lake. When um, I didn't, I really didn't know and I really cared and I wanted to know what he thought. Wait, was this Jack? Yes, this was Jack.
2: Fill me in what happened because I didn't see
1: <laughs> What's this. the meltdown? So um, it was our, uh, I think I'd been filming for like four weeks by this point. Um and, you know, you're not allowed to ever talk about anything off camera. Um, none of the crew will speak to you about what's happening. They'll literally, if I ask, go to speak about something, they'll ignore me or change the subject. I'm like, damn it. So it's all in your head. And um, you've been there for four weeks. You're exhausted. You're kind of, um, I think this is how they get you. It's it's this build and it's this, all these things. And I've been having a great time. And then this day, um, I was still having a great time, but I... I basically took this dive um, to the lake for half an hour. He won a challenge, and I'd always enjoyed him in all of our interactions. But we hadn't had many. and then we hung out at the lake, and then we had this outrageous kiss in the lake. Um, it was so oh hot! Oh my god! <laughs> like, do you ever watch <laughs> that back and just? Be I like, had watched Damn. it back. Don't you worry. <laughs> I um, I actually was watching that episode with my mom, and I was like, oh, oh. Oh my, my God! <laughs> Cover c- your eyes! Like it was so outrageous. What's it like watching yourself kissing on TV, Lexi? Pretty hysterical, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> when does anyone ever watch themselves kiss? <laughs> they should. Yeah, have. it's yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily recommend it, but that like, kiss was great, very cinematic. Um, and Jack was actually watching that episode with his parents, also, so that's quite funny. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we had this. You guys are so wholesome <laughs> watching, watching I know. TV with your We're parents. We're sharing the experience. Um, well, actually, more like getting support. Lexi, can I just pick up on that point
2: you made about the producers? Because I did a reality TV show once and I really actually enjoyed it. It was an adventure show. So they sent us to Peru and we had to catch an anaconda, which, (laughs) you know, health and safety wise, a bit of an issue. But the experience was really fun. But what did my head in was how the producers kept from us. It was me and another person. And they wouldn't tell us anything. They wouldn't tell us like, you know, it might just have been like a really simple challenge, you know, like looking at something the next day. But they'd build it up. Mm-hmm. A- and the night before, they'd tell you before you had dinner, oh, I hope you're ready for tomorrow. It's going to be really stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some sort of black ops mind games mm-hmm. going on there. And it does do funny
1: things to your head. I feel like my experience with production was reasonably positive. I worked really closely with my story producer. So she was in kind of charge of my narrative and we worked very closely together. So she was always with me on set. Well, yeah, most of the time. um, And she would do all my IVs. So at the end of every day, we'd go into a room, just the two of us. I would speak to camera, but um, everything I said was prompted. So she'd question me and we had a really good relationship. So... And I tried my hardest to like know my own mind and not be manipulated. So sometimes she would ask me things and I'd just be like, what? No, I don't. She'd be like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I don't. I've never thought about that. Hmm. And she'd be like, well, but but like if you did, like what would you think about it? And I'm like, no, I'm not answering that. Like I'm not. And also you had to be. Good boundaries, Lexi. Then you also had to be careful how you say you're not going to answer that. Because they'll use that. They'll use me going, I'm not answering that. So it's such a game and I was very hyper aware It's like a really
3: manipulative
1: kind of friendly therapist. It can be, yes, (laughs) except that I really did grow to trust my producer um, and we had a really great working relationship and she would work with me. So she would say, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I'm not saying that. And then she'd go, and then I'd be like, what are you looking for? Like, what are you trying to get out of me? And she'd say, well, look, and she'd explain it really well. She'd be like, you know this because it's in your head but the audience hasn't seen that yet so if you just send him home with no explanation they're going to be like that makes no sense so we just need to understand what you're thinking as you go and that's why I'm asking you this and I'll meet her in the middle and be like okay that makes sense thanks for that but also I'm not going to answer that question because it still makes no sense to me but how about I say this because this is how I feel and she'll be like yep Let's do that. This
2: is great. I mean, it sounds like you collaborated on storytelling, right, which is all you can hope
1: With for. With her, I did.
0: But wait, can we just come back to the – I just want to come back to the meltdown, Okay, Yeah, the kiss. Oh, I yeah. want to come
3: back to the okay. meltdown too.
1: Okay, let's go back to I'm that. like, tell me about
2: the storytelling, and you guys are like, tell me about the meltdown. Yeah,
1: no, 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 the, the moment okay. of the,
2: after the kiss, and
1: you want the us to know what
2: Jack thought.
1: Oh, I forget. Do you know what? I was so on, and I was so good. You're always right, and I knew that I was always mic'd. So even when – cameras were off but you know essentially or um you're always might and they're always listening and so with I thought cut the cameras and he walked away and I felt like crying and this is what I mean by it. it was just kind of happening to me like real emotions and I said out loud which was stupid I said oh I feel like crying but I don't know why and of course they're all listening and so they're all and I starting to walk down this hill to whatever to whatever i have to do next and so like little did i know people are like running like cameras are and so i go of into of course barn. They are. they're like get the tea yeah i go into the this barn to take five and my executive producer is with me and my story producer is with me and i'm sitting on this table like crying and just having this big rant about like not even jack particularly i think i was just it had kind of ignited some real feelings and i was starting to just feel a certain way and what people didn't know that was feeding into this situation is a big hang-up of mine on Jack was his age. And people were like, age doesn't matter. I mean, and look, age doesn't always matter, but phase of life does. So sure, a 24-year-old who wants to have babies tomorrow is in line with a 30-year-old who might want to have babies tomorrow. But if you're 24 and you haven't been overseas yet and you're dying to go live somewhere, that's a difference. I, I've I've lived overseas for seven years. I've come home. I'm 32. I have the body clock. So anyway what people didn't realize is that my last boyfriend was four years younger than me and that in the end age and stage of life came into part of our breakup so I had just come out of that relationship and I guess I was really affected and so it was at the forefront of my mind so I'm off feeling frustrated about meeting people that light your fire but it just can't be and what's the point in getting into it with someone when you know they're gonna leave and like I hadn't felt this way about anyone else and I was feeling frustrated and then I had to go on to roads to raise anyway. Just this is literally verbal diarrhea is what was happening in us. (laughs)
2: but great tv right because you're playing you're being triggered you're playing something out emotionally in real time no wonder they're all there with you
1: it was like perfect storm for them and I yeah I hadn't cried yet and I think all of them were just like and um they were recording me through the window (laughs) of the barn so no one usually the camera's in your face but they weren't so I'm some might say they tricked me into it. I don't feel particularly tricked. I more feel like I just let my guard down for half an hour, you know? And I didn't know that they got all that until I watched it on TV and I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. Oh my and then God. Yeah. That's so stressful. Kirsty's so, so stressful. moved by this. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm here. She's like, ah, oh, all the back. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, that was the episode that I was nervous about and I just didn't know what was going to happen because – you know, we, we had our like goodbye and we didn't really manage to get our words out, but it was for me quite emotional. And I thought it was for him to do too. And I kind of trusted that what was happening was real. But you just don't know. You don't know if it's real. People out there are crazy, can be crazy and deceitful and all of that. Or we'll do it just for the camera's sake, which I understand because we're all looking out for ourselves in this experience and how we're portrayed. But then we were separated. He left. I never saw him again until this aired on TV and we never spoke. I was in a new relationship so you know and the Jack thing was quite like whoa and even the boys at the time knew that something had happened with Jack. So the guy that I'd chosen at the end of the show was very hyper aware of Jack so I wasn't speaking to Jack (laughs) and closing that chapter because I you know it didn't seem it wouldn't have been well received and I was trying to give things I don't know a chance to calm down and so I had no idea what Jack thought what a kiss I have to go back and watch this yeah you should definitely (laughs) watch it
0: yeah I mean everyone knows that I'm dying to know what did happen between you and Hamish who was the winner he was the one you chose um what what happened there you guys broke up like right after the show aired I think
1: yeah so it had been a few months since the day I picked him and um after the reunion yeah, I guess um, Hamish is someone I never would have ever dated um, had I met him in real life. So it was just kind of an interesting way of meeting. Um, I found myself in a situation and, you know, you, you make decisions with what you have available at the time. And, and I was trying to give things a go. Like, obviously, nothing I'd ever done and nobody I'd ever dated so far had worked. And so I was trying something new, um, even though, yeah, I maybe wasn't sure about it. But anyway, I think I really should have trusted my gut. And that is frustrating, but that's how life goes. I um, mean, you, you know, you can't control others. And I'd kind of been struggling for quite a while anyway with with it all. And, and I knew it wasn't for me. And I was, you know, coming to the end and finding my way out. And then it all kind of happened super quick and all these things. And, and then, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I'm out the other side now. And I'm much happier for it.
2: I'm glad to hear that. We've been talking, Lexi, before you came on about kind of, and we do this a lot on the podcast, I think, you know, like how to think about things, how to think about scripted reality TV. Like, is it kind of empowering? Is there a, sort of a feminist arc to the idea of a woman getting to do the choosing, mm. um, which is different to The Bachelor? And, you know, like we were talking about those narratives of scarcity with women having to compete mm. in some formats, and that doesn't happen with this one. Do you think, like, I'm really interested in listening to you talk about it and the level of self-awareness you have and the good boundaries you have. Did you think that that came from that experience? Was it empowering for you?
1: I think for me, it was. It was empowering. It was confidence boosting. I think, but I don't think that it necessarily transformed me to be that way. I think I already have a lot of that in me. And it is kind of who I am and how I approach life anyway. And I think this was just an opportunity to really like bloom in that way. I was a little concerned that the show might knock me down in confidence and like public opinion and dealing with all of that. And just the self-consciousness of being put on display in front of all these men, even though I was kind of the one in power, it, it just... I don't know if it's conditioning that makes you feel like you still worry what they think of you and if you're good enough for them but actually the opposite happened instead of being self-conscious and worried oh my god it was amazing and I think an empowering part of it was the community of women and how I was received like the messages that I have received on Instagram back then and still now are so awesome and that's one of the best parts about it um so yeah, I guess I guess it was empowering. The experience was empowering. I think it's really interesting. Um, the format and the f- the the flipping of the ratio of men to women, and you know me as a female being the one, um, and a number of men kind of vying for my attention. I think the format itself is just it's so bizarre. So it's hard to translate any of that well into this these real world narratives that we're trying to like push like um woman vying for men's attention and fighting over each other and um being lucky if we're chosen and all of that because the format is just so wild and out of this world it's not a real world situation to have 20 people lined up to talk to you and hang out with you they don't even know me why would they like me like they haven't met me and gone oh yeah i'm interested they're just thrown into a situation where they're supposed to be interested right um and, you know, if you go back to the traditional one where it's one man and all the women, that's obviously a narrative we're all sick of. But I'm not sure that the right way to go about it is to just reverse that. Is it still sexist? Just reverse sexist. I'm not sure. But I, I think what is empowering about it and what is a feminist element of it is just this kind of basic idea that there is a strong female personality at the forefront of a TV show.
3: Yeah, that's so true. Like the spotlight was on you. You were the one making the decisions. You were the one sort of, um, yeah, like in charge of that destiny.
1: Definitely. And I also felt like I, which is honestly, I was just being myself, but I like how it turned out in that I know it was a reality TV show um, based on romance, but I really feel like for me, it wasn't all about that. I had some incredible experiences. I met some incredible people and I like to think that I, brought that into the show and that even though the show was like about love and giving roses and blah 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 I personally don't think I just overly played into that and gushed all over that the whole time I was there to like experience and get to know people and yeah just have a really great time and hopefully date someone but you know you don't know
3: and you got to wear all those amazing dresses. Oh my God, Can I know. you talk to us about I the dresses? I love the
1: dresses. And you know, some may say that even me getting dolled up and wearing dresses is like playing into that traditional narrative of having to look good. But I actually disagree. I think it's more like if I want to dress up and look what I think is goddamn amazing for a night out, then that's what I'm going to do. And I look great dressed up to the nines and when I wake up in the morning, you know, it's like... We can be all those things. Um, I don't think that it's me kind of um, being submissive and like, oh, no, but I need to look nice to be approved. It's like, I want to look nice, so I'm going to do it for me. And I loved it. Oh, my God, hair and makeup was some of my favorite times. And all the dresses were amazing. I went to a dress fitting, and I was just like in my element. I tried on like 40 gowns. (laughs) Like, never mind a wedding, eh? I'm just going to go to the bachelorette. oh, my God. And actually, my finale dress was very it was actually kind of bridal but it was black and i just love all the like under, undertones in in that idea you know this
3: dress was the one can i just describe the dress for a minute this. is this the one that was kind of like a tull or something like it was uh see through and
1: yeah it came down here it was like cinched at the waist and then the, there was like a yeah big tulle like um train but it was kind of like short at the front it was glorious and actually I loved it so much. I asked to buy it and they gifted it to me. So it's in my Pops wardrobe. Aww. I just look at it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Would
2: you recommend it? Would you recommend it, you know, for um, for a woman who's in a similar phase of her yeah. life, you know, or maybe um, looking for the next challenge, looking for the next thing to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the basis of it is to find love, right? And I knew the chances were slim and I didn't find love. So I don't even know if, I would recommend it to honestly think that you might find love. You might, there's like a 0.001 chance, but I recommend it to people who are looking for an adventure. Um, but I also think you need to be very secure in yourself um, to go on something like this, because I think it can go wrong and you need to be strong. Um, and you, but you need to be able to have fun with it too, because it's such a cool experience. So I I do, I recommend it. I think it's um <laughs> hell of a time actually. <laughs> And that was
0: Lexi Brown. Thank you so much, Lexi, for coming on the show. What did you guys think of that as, like, non-fans, I guess? I mean, I got what I wanted out of it, but I don't know about you guys.
3: I, I mean, I just found it all really insightful. I've always kind of been interested in knowing how it's made, how it's put together, and I found it really interesting her talking about uh, how bizarre it was where she had that romantic moment with Jack and then she just didn't talk to him again. <laughs> That must be weird. It's like you always second guess yourself when you have romantic encounters, right? Imagine that, but not being able to have any kind of affirmation that what you
2: uh, experienced was real. And
0: watching everyone else watch it.
2: I'm still getting Mm. over, like, kissing on TV. Exactly, Kirsty. I can't believe... I mean, obviously that's a part of it, but I hadn't thought about that, you know, to have your most intimate moment on TV. I'm amazed at Lexi's um, self-possession and and her sense of boundaries. I loved what she was saying, you know, when she talked to her story producer, whose job, you know, is to sort all of her experiences into a narrative. And she'd say, I'm not going to say that or I'll say that in a different way. I think you'd be mad to go into an experience like this without a sense of needing boundaries, and I'm really glad she had them.
0: Oh, yeah, I definitely couldn't do it. Like, imagine watching yourself or, like, having this You'd self be great. You'd be, <laughs> You'd be so... No, but I just think, like, you know, she is pretty confident. Like, I do I not think it takes a special person to be able to pull that show off, and I think well, even that when you watch... extremely, extremely clever. Like, I, I don't think
3: I would be... I would always be fooled by people, I think.
0: I would be, like... <laughs>
3: yeah or i would be i don't know yeah i just think she's being able to um interpret see through what is happening and what might happen and being able to interpret that and present that
2: um best version of herself that's that's a total skill it also said to me that like we all want love you know like that that that's the pull of these things you know maybe we want fame some people want to go on tv to be famous but I, I hadn't actually thought about it till Lexi said it that the whole premise of the show is to find love and she wanted to find love
0: can't be faulted for that can you no. as, much, even <laughs> at our, um, as much as it's free Disney <laughs> and even if
3: 0.0001% actually do that's <laughs> the scientific numbers I think
2: that's what we've got
3: okay yeah it is totally
2: That's us. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much for that whirlwind um, (laughs) traversing of the whole genre of reality television. I might watch it. I might watch it in the future. I might watch. Are they going to make any more of The Bachelorette? Kirsty, you'll know this. Surely. Surely. I might watch. We've all learned something. We'll see you again next week. Kaki te. Tell Me About It is made for stuff by Bird of Paradise Productions. It was produced by me, Noelle McCarthy, and written by me, Kirsty Johnston and Michelle Duff. Our script supervisor is Eugene Bingham, and thanks to Janine Fenwick and Eugene for editorial oversight. Mixed by Mark Chesterman. And our theme tune is Queenie Queenie by Tammy Nielsen, our queen. You can like the podcast and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell Me About It is made possible by funding from New Zealand On Air. Queenie,
0: Queenie, don't drop the ball. Queenie, Queenie, don't drop the
2: ball. Queenie, Queenie, don't drop the ball. Down come
0: baby, cradling on.